Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thanks for joining this podcast. Our text today is taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 13, verse 31 to 35. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee! How often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not! Behold, Your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you today for your loving kindness and for another privilege that you have given to us to be able to share your word to the world. Lord, I invite your presence over this voice of mine that the hearers will be blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of today's podcast is Confident in Difficult Times. Confident in Difficult Times. Today, we're going to look at um, the story of Jesus Christ and his confrontation uh, with the powers that be. However, as you know, we are in the season of Lent. And for some people, Lent season carries at least two meanings. A time to give up something or a time to do something new, such as resolving to read the whole Bible or part of it, or to pray more, or to do some charity work. In any case, all of these actions are intended to be means of introspection that will draw us closer to God in our work. And in the spirit of learning something new in Lent, let us consider our text for today, which is the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 13, verse 31 to 35. The passage, among other things, discusses two type of opposition confronting Jesus Christ. And as usual, there are lessons we can learn from Jesus' disposition and why he stayed cool and collected in the face of intense hostility. If only the followers of Jesus Christ will model their lives on such outstanding example, then the act of Christian living for us will be simpler. Because... If you have not been living under some kind of rock somewhere, then you will agree with me today that there are so many problems confronting us as Christian people today, whether in the West or in the developing world. 
whether in the global south or the global north, Christians are confronted with so much difficulties that all that we need is confident in whom we have believed in, confident in Jesus Christ, confident in the calling that we have. And above all, we must understand who we are, that we are a royal priesthood, a special people called from darkness into a marvelous light. The understanding of this kind of disposition for Christians will encourage each and every one of us to be strong and confident in God. In this narrative where we read from the book of Luke, there are two types of opposition that should worry Jesus Christ. One of it is secular and the second one is sacred. The secular opposition emanated from the political authorities headed by Herod Antipas, who was the governor of Galilee at the time of the ministry of Jesus Christ. The latter was the sacred which stemmed from the religious authority in Jerusalem, which is considered the main opposition. The secular thinks that Jesus was coming to dethrone them. Therefore, he was considered a potential rival. While on the other hand, the religious authority thought of Jesus as heretic, one who rebels against the established belief system. Jesus never bothered about these contradictions because he was confident of himself and his identity. And he pointed out in the book of John chapter 18 verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servant would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. My friend, Jesus Christ knew that he is God. Jesus Christ knew that he is the embodiment of God, the triune God. Because it pleases the Father that the fullness of the Godhead should dwell in him bodily. As Jesus was heading to Jerusalem to be tried and subsequently crucified, he was made aware by some Pharisees of the looming secular opposition. Rather than Jesus taking action, he simply waved the seemingly dangerous notion aside by sending a tough message back to Herod. In Luke chapter 13 verse 32, he said, go tell that fox. You know, foxes are crafty and not very much liked unless by canine conservatives. They are known to sneak in and out of fences and into people's homes. Foxes are omnivorous and generalist predators. They use a pouncing techniques for hunting. So when Jesus employed such words for Herod, he was very serious. In all these threats, Jesus aptly demonstrated that such opposition is incapable of stopping him from completing his redemptive work among those he was sent. Rather than dwelling on the threat Herod posed to Jesus, Jesus turned his attention to rather important things that concerned the fulfillment of his mission. 
when he said, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. Luke chapter 13, verse 32 to 33. Between the lines of this message to Herod, you can see clearly the plan of redemption outlined. Jesus was not oblivious of his impending death because it was part of the plan of God, the Missio Dei. Jesus understood the danger coming from Herod. But also he recognized that the greater threat was not with Herod, but in Jerusalem. My friend, you know, the problem we have in today's world is not even the secular society. It is the church itself. It is the men of the clock. It is the people who proclaim Jesus Christ. And around the world, you find that the problem that we have is from within the church. And now the church seems to have lost its way. We follow the dictates of Hollywood by creating and orchestrating entertainment in churches instead of bringing the word of life. We now follow the dictate of the word and the word who used to follow us no longer deem it necessary to do that. This for Jesus Christ was the battleground. The place of the religious extremism. The place of those religious people. It is where he was wanted dead by the religious authority who considered him an opponent. Yet such a position did not stop Jesus Christ from rebuking them. They had drifted far away from God and now constitute a hindrance to God's work of salvation. My friends, God is pulling down cathedrals and building a new work in these days. God is pulling down all those cathedrals. That's why he's emptying them and they are becoming monument and becoming a, a landmark for towns and cities across our country. But my friends, God did not intend for the place of worship to become landmarks. But it should be the place where people gather to call upon the name of the Lord. But now what do you see across the land? We see all this church's magnificent building. They now become tourist attraction. This is why Jesus uses the imagery of a hand gathering her cheek. He wished that they could understand that he, Jesus, wanted to guide them. That he, Jesus, wanted to guard them. That he, Jesus, wanted to protect them. But no, friends, these religious authorities were preventing salvation from happening. He tells them, your house is left to you desolate because of your obstinate resistance. Friends, does this sound real to you? Does this sound familiar? Look at our churches today. We are being hindered by the laws and the rules that tells us we can't do this, we can't do that. And now our house, like the house of Jerusalem, is left desolate, empty. What was important to Jesus in his context was not the twofold opposition he faced during his earthly ministry, but the continuity of the work he was called to do. He said in verse 35, 
you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This simply means that they will see no salvation of their souls until they acknowledge his authority as the son of God. Jesus was not frightened of Herod's political principalities, neither was he afraid of the religious authority in Jerusalem because he was confident of his identity and understood he was at the center of God's plan and knew it would surely be accomplished. My friend, regardless of the opposition that we face today, nothing can stop the kingdom of God from progressing. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God from accomplishing its purpose. All we need to do as Christians is to be confident in what we say, is to be confident in what we do. And once we put our trust, our whole trust in Jesus Christ, everything will be fine regardless of what happened, regardless of the tough time ahead. We do need as Christians to be confident in God. As I bring this podcast to a conclusion, I would like to ask these few questions. How does this story play out in your own context as an individual Christian? As a collective body of Christ, the church, and as a dynamic society, some of you do not and cannot appreciate the relative peace that we in the West enjoy today. Unless those who subscribe to some periodical magazines from the persecuted church or the open door ministries, then you'll be well aware of what is happening around the world. But if for any reason things change in this country, I mean the United Kingdom, and things start falling apart because the center can no longer hold, because the church fall out of favor with the government of the day, and the government of the day decide to shut down our churches and put us in jail, what if we face intense secular opposition such as we are beginning to face already? As you know, some of the regulations that clearly interfere with our fundamental Christian principles are on the rise now. What will we do? Will we be confident like Jesus Christ and boldly proclaim the gospel or chicken out of the whole thing or throw in the towel or run away entirely? Recently, Oxford Mail was quoted as saying, over the past five years, the number of weddings conducted by Church of England in in the county of Oxford fell by 16% from 2,710 in 2011 to 2,260 in uh, 2016. Another report also by the Pew Research Center says the Muslim population of the United Kingdom is set to triple in 30 years and that's by 13 million and if such trend is sustained then it could be it could lead uh, definitely to something else like persecution of Christians when the Christian increasingly become the minority. I am not trying to incite any religious tension here but this is the fact that when the dynamics of the society we live in uh, kicked in many things are bound to happen and we do not know where it will come from it could even come not from other religion but within christianity 
because it's possible that Christianity could set itself against itself. And also, the Reform Magazine always asks one question each month. This time, the question is, are Christians persecuted in Britain? Persecution doesn't just come out of nowhere. It develops over time as a society's attitude towards Christianity changes. There are countless of uh, lawsuits in this country and opposition already against people or Christians who hold different views that are different from the uh, government standpoint of view. And those are set to rise. But regardless of what happens in future, we as Christians can be confident because we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We, his followers, will finish the work Jesus has called us to do, the Great Commission, and nothing is ever going to stop us. Let me conclude by reading the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Who then can ever keep Christ's love from us? When we have trouble or calamity, when we are hunted down or destroyed, is it because he doesn't love us anymore? And if we are hungry or penniless or in danger or threatened with death, has God deserted us? No, for the scriptures tells us that for his sake, we must be ready to face death at every moment of the day. We are like sheep awaiting slaughter. But despite all this, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us enough to die for us. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't and life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away. Our fear for today, our worries about tomorrow or where we are, high above the sky or in the deepest ocean nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of god demonstrated by our lord jesus christ when he died for us let us pray lord jesus we thank you for your word that has come to us today and I pray that as many that listen to my voice across the world that you created will be blessed, O oh God. Holy Spirit, interpret this word to your people today across the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Aguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again. 